of those messages where it just kind of keeps going on and on and on and somewhere at a point I'm not sure if okay it's going to be a two-parter so we'll kind of just see how it goes um, when you get to that point it's cr crucial that you make the right decision because if you hurry then you kind of dismiss the last few points which are just as important as the beginning so uh, we just might run into that this morning. Uh, this morning, the title is called Dressing for Success. Dressing for Success, which might be a little unusual title for me, but you'll see. It's all surrounded with the Word of God. Let's, let's pray. Father, we come to you now in the name of the Lord. And God, I, I thank you for the presence of God on that song. I thank you, Lord, for the anchor that it still holds, Lord, in spite of us and in spite of the storm. Father, I just pray now that the presence of Almighty God would fill this place, Lord, it would saturate this place, that everyone here, Lord, would realize we are on holy ground, just not in a building, just doing something that we always do. We're in the house of God. And Lord, you tell us where two or three are, there you are in the midst. Tell us, Lord, that you will inhabit the praises of the people. And I heard the praises of the people this morning. So, Lord, by faith and by the Word of God, I know that you are here this morning. And, Lord, I just pray that your blessing and your touch now would be upon this message. That you would carry us through these, these charted waters of the last days that we find ourselves in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, right, right before we get into that, <clears throat> kind of what's going on in the world. Uh, if you were kind of remembered, I can't remember if it was last week's message or the week before, they kind of blur and run together after a while. But there is now a separation going on. It's becoming obvious. Becoming obvious. It's very uncomfortable. Uh, it's not what we're used to in America. But actually, I know this will sound horrible, but it's the best thing for you. You can just hear, hear my dad pouring that, uh, what was it, cod liver oil or whatever that thing is. I mean, it would be so gooey and, and a spoon coming towards me like this. And I'm going, he would say, it's the best thing for you. Ugh, I still can't stand it today. I still can. It's right up there beside beans. <laughs> Nevertheless, this is the best thing for the church. It really is. You understand the scripture tells us, beware when all men like you. Now, all men have liked us for a long time. We've gone hand in hand with the world. We've rooted for our team together. We've done all kind of things together with the world. And all of a sudden now they're looking at us and going, it's the best thing for us. Not comfortable, but the best thing. All right, moving on. Dressing for success. This kind of came from a, a book I've been reading for the last month or so now. Also, just uh, experience of raising my children. And I was thinking mainly here with Jonathan who uh, had completed a, a ton of schooling. He's actually still in school, going to graduate again uh, this month, actually, in a couple of weeks. But he was, this was his first one. And at point of graduation, when I was a youngster and graduating and all that kind of stuff, I still remember my dad telling me you had to hit the street, get out there and get a job, and don't look like a bum. Dress right. Get a haircut. You know, just kind of clean yourself up. Dress for success. And so in my great wisdom, I was 
telling Jonathan that, you know, okay, let's go. It's time to get a job. Uh, dress up, slick up, look good, get out there and get a job. And in the meantime, he's sitting on the floor in our bedroom in front of his monitor going, in his jammies. Okay, and I'm going, hey, John. And all this time he was uh, doing that. I mean, he was out looking for a job, but you do it on the Internet now, apparently. But what we're going to look at now is the spiritual way to dress for success. Okay? That changed with time, his age, my generation. I understand all that now. But here it is. Now, if you do not dress for success according to the Word of God, guess what will happen? You will not have success. Now, is that too hard for anybody to understand? That didn't go over everybody's head. And I'm not trying to play silly or dumb or foolish or be down on you. I'm just trying to make... Look, the object is, is when I get to heaven, I want all the sheep that God has put under our roof checked off as they got there too. So you understand it. You, you must get this and understand this in order to have success. And I'm not talking about the car of your choice, the house of your choice. I'm talking about success in the things of God. Things are changing in our nation. Okay, we are become we are becoming the prey now. We're be, we're beginning to put it be put under the microscope, the target on our back. All of us, if you are going to declare to be a man or a woman of God, a Christian, and so you have to know how to dress for success. All right, opening text then. Romans 13, 12 says this, and this is where we are. The night is far spent. Time has been far spent now. The day is at hand. This is where we are. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, the silly, dumb, useless, waste of time stuff that we've done in the past, and let us put on the armor of light. Okay, we're going to be looking at stuff that you and I are to put on. And God tells us all through the Word of God that you are to put on. Now, apparently, you all obeyed that this morning. You all put on clothes. Thank God for that. I mean, it's, what I'm saying is something that you had to do. You had to get up this morning, and you had to put on. And so... Here in the supernatural, in the spiritual walk, God is telling us, okay, now, all this stuff has come to pass. You've wasted enough time. You cast off the works of darkness, and now you have to put on light. Put it on. You have to choose to walk in light, to put it on. Go to your wardrobe, and I'm saying, I'm going to wear light today. You must choose this as a man of God, as a woman of God. Cast off the works of darkness, put on the armor of light. It's simple. The illustration is simply like taking off your jammies and putting on the clothes that you got on now. When you get dressed every day, you dress appropriately for what you're going to do. If you're going to work outside, you put the car hearts on, the gloves, the boots, all that kind of stuff. If you're going to an office, you might have to put on a tie. You dress accordingly. And that is the same idea here. 
Therefore, every day you must put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You must choose to get dressed as a Christian, as a man and a woman of God. You must every day now. The armor of light is related to the Lord Jesus Christ himself. This is our armor of light, putting on Christ. When we put on Christ, we put on that armor of God. We are equipped to both defend or attack. To defend or attack, you must have this armor on. Armor of light. Remember when, who was it, uh, Paul was knocked down off of the horse on the way of Damascus, or if he was just walking, there was such a bright light. It's an armor, it's a power, it's a, it's a weapon. And God is saying, you got to put this on. Because the realm of darkness is getting darker and more bold. And the only thing that defeats darkness is light. So God warns us and tells us, now you put on this armor of light. Now putting on Christ is a strong figure of speech here in the Greek. It means more than just put on the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. It means let Jesus Christ himself be your armor. Actually be. God, I can't get through this day. Lord, you know the darkness that I work in. Father, be my armor. Don't try to just be like Christ. God, you got to be my armor. you got to be my light. Lord, there is no light for me. Only light comes from me is you. I give no light. The moon gives no light. The moon has been beautiful a few weeks ago. Just huge and big and reflecting uh, the sun is what the moon does. It does not have any light. It reflects. And that's what you and I are to do. Reflect the light of the S-O-N. So you must make a daily decision. Walk to that wardrobe and put on the armor of light. Now we're going to look at some other things that we are to put on, that you have to put on. Ephesians 4.24. This stuff will guarantee you success in the things that are coming and that are here. Ephesians 4.24 says, And that you put on the new man. Put on the new man, which after God, this is the man you're putting on, the one that's after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. There's a phony holiness, a fake holiness. It's easy to take earrings off and watches off and makeup off and just do whatever you want. God's talking about a true holiness where your heart is sanctified to God. True holiness unto God. Lord God, if that's displeasing to you, I don't want to do it, wear it, or look like it. A true holiness, not a fake. So God tells us to put on. Paul is saying that for the Christian, there must be a break with the past. You cannot still act like the past. That's not being born again, trying to be better. Or the old cliche, turning over uh, the uh, leaf. It's still the same dumb leaf. You must break with the past. 
This is what God does when he tells you to put on the new man. Jesus isn't merely added to our old life. The old life dies, and he becomes our new life. Look now, I know this is really simple, but if you don't do this, you're not going to have success. You're going to be overpowered by the darkness that's coming to America. We're now living in the age where demonic beings that have been bound for a number of years waiting for the last day to be released are being released now. And so our sort of kind of hopeful Christian walk isn't going to measure up. So we must dress for success now. You cannot be the same old person that you were and get by. You know, attend church Sunday morning and go to work, do what you want, root for the team, whatever it is. Saturday night, you remember, oh, it's church in the morning, and you do that again. You will be swept away with the darkness. So God tells us, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's a big key. God's righteousness and God's true holiness. Colossians tells us also, 3.10, and have put on the new man, here again, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him. See, when you put these things on, you have, you get um, the righteousness of God and the true holiness of God. Then when you put it on again, you are renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him after God. You're going to be renewed in godly knowledge. You must pick that out of your wardrobe because you're going to be bombarded with worldly influence and knowledge. Wicked, anti-Christ, spirit like never before. And so you got to be able to discern what's coming down the road. For all these little babies, they're depending on you to be able to discern which way to turn, left or right. And so God says, no problem. He knows in the last days, in order for your anchor to hold, I'm telling you what to do. You've got to put this on. So you must. Renewed. That word means to cause to grow up. Be renewed. Now it's time to grow up, to make new. Do not be the same type of Christian that you have been. God says, now it's time to take some steps because the new man is renewed in the knowledge. In other words, he becomes hungry to know what God says in his word. You've got to have this hunger. If you don't have it, ask for it. Say, God, you can't expect me to get by my own counsel and my own wisdom. Lord, you've got to give me a hunger for the word of God in these last days. That's how you know. If there's no hunger, if there's no understanding, if there's no knowledge, if there's no uh, light that tells you and speaks to you how you should walk and act and not act or how to react or what to do, then I fear for you. Because God is saying that when you put on this new man, there becomes a renewed, a, a growing up after a knowledge after him who created him. 
a growing up, a hunger for the word of God. Well, what's it say in the word? So you must have that because it's only the word that's going to get you through. There might come a time, maybe in my lifetime, where we're not going to be able to do this. Gather, nice Christmas. How was it? Cute. We're going to next couple Wednesdays, we'll have cookies, switch. Nice, great fellowship, sweet times, but that could come to a quick halt. They're already trying to tell you what doctor to go to, what health care this, what that. You can't smoke there, you can't smoke there, you can't do that there, you can't. Uh, you're drinking too big of a pop. They're, they're just this far from saying here where they're going to point. This is where they're going to point. This is the last resistance. Right here is the gospel. So that's not just me, that's all of you. So God tells us you've got to put on this new man so that you can be renewed into knowledge so you can continue to have this hunger for these crazy last days that we live in. And then you put on this light, which is putting on Christ himself, which will be an armor, a protector to you so that you don't get sucked up or swallowed up in the next new whatever comes down the road that they say you have to do. After the image of him who created him, Paul's clearly pointing to Genesis, and he says, God created Adam in his own image. We are created, created in the image of God. Now, the first Adam is now seen as the old Adam, and we should put that Adam off, discard it. The old Adam, now that we are created after the image of the second Adam, which is Christ. You get that right? We're not to be like the old Adam. No, no, no. We now want to be like the second Adam, which is created in the image of Christ who walked perfect to the will of God. God says that you have to choose to do that. You have to put that on. Or you got dice in your hands and you're just hoping for the right thing to come out in life. And if your odds were very good, Las Vegas wouldn't be very big. So now we get to the crux of the whole matter, which is why I think we're going to run out of time, which is so be it. Ephesians 6.11. This is where it starts. God is telling you and I, put on the whole armor of God. Didn't say cheerleading outfit. It didn't. Choir robes. It says the whole armor of God. This is for every one of you. Every one of us, because we are all preachers now. We are all to be declaring the word of God. Nothing really hasn't changed other than sin has gotten stronger and bolder. So God tells us in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. Why? that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, I don't know if I want to. Then you're not going to stand. That's just the word of God. Remember, uh, David was going to take out Goliath, and Saul said, here, here's my armor. Here's man's armor. Here's man's way. He put it on. It was so cumbered about. He couldn't move. He couldn't do anything. He said, took it off. He said, no. I'm just going to do it in the name of the Lord. I'm going to do it in God's name. 
man has this somewhat think their armor and all that. I mean, I was just watching a, oh, it was about 15 minutes. It was interesting before I had to go do something else. And it was talking about the, the 9-11 attack. I mean, we got planes that can be scrambled and up in the air and shoot you down before you can ask for another bag of peanuts in the airlines. I mean, you can't, we can't just, they're scrambled, boom, they're up. <laughs> Man's armor. And it all failed. The one time we needed it, it all failed. And by the time they finally went through all the process of finally saying, you have the authority to shoot down that airliner. I know that's like, what? Well, it's just the way. They finally gave that order like 18 minutes after 10, which is like 20 minutes after the last plane hit the deck. That's man's armor. They're not going to be able to protect you. You remember years ago, I forgot, I just remember the title of the message, but they were talking about how, for some reason, we were in danger of uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction. They might dump them or shoot them off at our airports or our places. And what was the government's response? Who Do you really remember? That's not a fib, but they said, get yourself duct tape and plastic. Are you crazy? I could talk to my son on my phone, and probably in another month, even while he's 35,000 feet in the air, I'll be able to talk to him. Text back and forth, bleep, 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 bleep. When my life's under threat, I'm going back to the Stone Age. I have to go get duct tape and plastic. So you know what? I wasn't about to go like, <laughs> my whole house, I just went, Lord, it's up to you, God. That's the difference between Saul's armor and trusting God. This is where we are. And if you don't put on what I'm asking you or showing you through the word what God tells us to put on, you'll be in line getting duct tape and plastic, scared to death, running for your life. So God tells us over and over, put on the whole armor, not just halfway, not just the shoes because they're in or they look good. God says you get completely dressed in the armor of God. All right. Isaiah 59 tells us this. Now, look. This is absolutely essential. I know I'm saying about every other word, but I don't. We've just never been in a time where there's been so much false gospel, so many voices saying incorrect things, leading our very own friends and families astray. It is so essential. Isaiah 59:15 tells us, "Yes, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey." And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Before his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breast, breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and he was clad with a zeal as a cloak. Now, what I want you to see there is God is telling us to put on his armor. You see where it says, for he 
put on, this is talking about the Lord, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head, and he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with a zeal as a cloak. This is what God is telling you. God is not saying, uh, pick out an armor. God is saying, put on my armor, the one I used. Here it is. You can see that in Isaiah. It's exactly what it's saying. David had a sling in his jawbone. Remember that? That was how David did some fighting. Gideon had his pitcher, his torch, and his trumpet. Samson had his great strength. You and I have the armor of God. Not a armor, the armor of God. And God says, now look, it's hanging up in your wardrobe. Put it on. You have to, you have some mighty decisions to make. And this is where we are. Ephesians 6.12 says this, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. The enemy has spun us so much, we argue and fight with each other. Other churches, other denominations, other beliefs, whatever it is, all the time, we're missing the mark. God says you wrestle, but not with the Baptist. You wrestle with principalities and powers against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, because of this wrestling match, take unto you the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. This is that evil day, and it's going to get worse. And God's passing out his equipment, your armor mentioned to you before, when I was in the military, we'd get up in the morning and have to read this chalkboard. It was the dress of the day. If you had combat boots and fatigues, you went, oh, you knew what that meant. And so this is what that means. And I know it's a, oh, can't we just have a social fry, a chicken fry, a fish fry, a Christmas fry, a something? Fr- can't we just have ice cream socials? And those days are gone now. We're going to have progressive dinner. Okay, but eat that one with your armor on and your shoes on and ready to run. Not away from, but to God. Did he not warn them when he told them he was delivering from Egypt? Remember how they were to eat in Egypt? Ready to go, ready to move. This is where we are. You must dress for success or you're not going to have it. And what part of the armor can I give you of mine? My helmet? I think not. The last thing I want is a head wound. Well, my breastplate not protects all my vital organs. The shoes, and now without footing, I won't be able to fight. You've got to dress yourself the way God is declaring that we should dress ourselves right here. Because we do wrestle. You are in a wrestling match. And if you don't think so, you better look. You're probably on your back that you may be, may be able to withstand. This is what God's telling us. Without the strength of God and the protection of this supernatural spiritual armor, it is impossible, impossible to stand against the attacks of the supernatural spiritual enemies that we have. Impossible. You can shoot the dude busting your door down, coming in to steal or rob or loot your place. You can shoot him, but there's probably demonic forces in your home all the time. And you got to be equipped to handle them. 
More so than the one guy that might try to come through your door. Absolutely. And so God says, no problem. I got your armor. And I've been looking for years, for years, for a good rendition of Pilgrim's Progress to show you. That was one of the most fantastic books. I've never really found a real good one. Halfway through watching another one. Who You guys know what Pilgrim's Progress is, right? Put it this way. Who doesn't know? It's all right if you don't know. I want you to... Because it's absolutely, it is a fantastic book written, I think, hundreds of years ago about the journey to heaven and what you go through and who you meet. And what I'm getting to, there's a point where I'm at right now where he finally got so far and his burdens released and he comes to this one place and they give him his, they show them this great armor and he goes, man, who's that? And they said, yours. Put it on. So the idea is that God has given us a call. He has a mission, a course to fulfill. You and I, you are the ones, you might not think so or want to be, but you are the ones that God has called us to live in America at this time. Such a time as this, where we see Christianity falling uh, from the, uh, uh, all the various places that it has been esteemed for years. So Satan is going to do his absolute best to stop you and I. He will constantly, with uh, attacks on your mind, intimidate everything he can to try to stop you. It's plain why God has given us this armor of light and this armor that we are to, to wear, this whole armor that God has for us to put on. Ephesians 6.14 says, Stand therefore... We are to stand having your loins girt about with truth. The first one he talks about. And having on the breastplate of righteousness. This belt that the Romans would put on held everything together. It held them in such a way that they could bend and duck and and fight. But it held them. And And if the belt of truth didn't work or broke, everything would fall. All their armor, all their protection. And it's no wonder that the enemy has come against the word of God so severe in our land. Where we see in Isaiah says that truth has fallen. Truth has fallen. It's, I mean, it's almost a miracle to find somebody that truly believes the word of God now for what it says. And what it means without altering or changing it or saying, well... And so he starts right out and says, you understand that none of this armor will work without the belt of truth. It's truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. He's the anchor. It holds all this together that makes your salvation work, that makes your righteousness work. Your footing hold comes from the truth. So God says, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Have you ever, and all you got to do is check out a, a, a policeman, if you can get close enough to him. He's got that big, thick belt, and they always walk like this. It's not because they're all hulks. they got so many things on this belt. Handcuffs and pepper spray and guns and all these various batons and stuff that they have to walk like. That's like their 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 main belt 
that carries their gun, that protects them and everything that they need. And so it's the same idea here. God's very first one says you've got to have the belt of truth. Quit playing and running around and looking for truth outside of the covers of the Word of God. Just find it, look at it, and say, God, please help me to understand it. Paul tells us that that as Christians, our first foundational piece of armor is the belt of truth. We get away from truth, nothing works. Once saved, always saved, anything goes. So you must have this, this belt of truth on you. If we aren't grounded in truth, everything else that attaches to it will fall away. It'll all fall away. So I hope you're not like uh, the Roman, can you think of his name now, when he looked at the Lord and said, what is truth? What was his name? Pilate. Can't be a bunch of pilots. Truth. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The very attack that is against the word of God is so your belt will not hold. They want to come out with glittery belts and feminine belts and loose-fitting belts and diamond sparkle belts and anything but the truth. And God tells us in the very first thing that you must put on truth. You must. And thy word is truth. This is what this is the truth right here. If you're about to take a step and you don't know what to do, just stand still and get into the word and see what I should do, where I should turn. When God finally shows you something, you go, Thank you, Lord. This no more. I can't do this. Forget that stuff. You got to do this. Isn't it written somewhere? Something that should be when you got this whatever facing you. It might look great, smell great, and something's just going. You can't go. Oh well. You got to check it out. Lying wonders are coming, and you're gonna look me dead in the face and say, "But yeah, but." you don't put on the armor of light if you don't put on the new man where you get renewed in the wisdom that God wants to give you you're going to get sucked the drain just like when you unplug the bathtub it's the truth sanctify them through thy truth that's what I'm doing now sanctifying means I'm setting you apart to truth Look, this is truth. No matter what your name is, Trevor, this is truth. Sanctifying you and giving you a chance to separate yourself from that and listen for this hour of truth. This is truth. Raw truth. Godly truth. So I sanctify you through the preaching of the Word of God that this Word is truth. And you go, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And you're about to get dressed. You're not even dressed yet. Let's dim some of these lights, please. Let's stand. Excuse me while I find the tissue. And I I know that, you know, you could say, 
continue. Well, I just got, I got too much. And I, I know me, I'll go over it real fast to try to, and it's just too vital. I mean, we just got to the truth, the truth. You must have this truth. And if you don't, you understand what I'm saying? You're, it's going to be like angels of light. They're going to look awesome. They're going to look right. They're going to look real, true. But they won't be. And your only Geiger counter to the false is this. Really? This is it. The Word of God that has been under such a brutal attack for years. Years and years. And now in our own nation, discarded, banded from schools. And on and on and on. You know all those stories. The very fact that all that's happening should show you how vital this is. How important this is. Put your belt on. Everything now will pertain to it. Salvation, breastplate, feet shod, preparation of the gospel of peace. Everything will come from the Word of God. And you will be dressed for success. I think our altar call is going to be this, because we are going to have one. Lord, Help me to understand how urgent this is. Help me to understand how important this is. Because you see, you've sat out there a lot of times, and I've stood up here a lot of times, and had tons of altar calls, and we kind of can fall into a rut. But we've never been at a dispensation in my life like we are at the moment we are now in our nation. <coughs> being, even, even being broadcast through the world, Israel is now isolated. We're like, what? Never in my life would I ever think America would turn their back on Israel. Now they're proclaiming. People don't know the gospel. Unsaved Jews just say, we're on our own. That's all falling in place with the Word of God for the whole world to come against Israel, which is about the size of Maine. So what we're going to do is just take a little bit of time again this morning. Come to this altar and make sure your walk. Examine yourself. Can't be running on fumes, old messages, old ideas, old altar calls that you went before. You've got to constantly have a freshness, a newness, and say, God, please keep me. Let my anchor hold, God. How difficult would it be to have Don come back and sing that song? Are you able, Don? Are you able, Dana? Please. I felt God move on that song. You're worried about your anchor, your sails all torn, taking on water, so spun around in a storm, you don't even know if you're heading in the right direction anymore. Please just come and rely on Him who has the seas in the palm of His hand, who sees all that's going on in your life. And just come to Him and say, God, please, I'm counting on You, my anchor, please. As Don gets ready to sing that song, Dana, whenever you're ready, just start it. Please, our altars are open. Don's not here to perform for you. It's the last thing he wants. He wants to minister in song. Let God touch your hair at this altar.
Don't trust yourself. Come.